0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and
1: connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Week 6. Rankings, debate, by position. You want a position, you hit the time codes. If, let's say, you don't care about running backs, you say, I have running backs and they are fine, I know who I am starting, but I need to know who to start at quarterback. Well, it's easy. Click on quarterbacks and boom, you'll be instantly teleported right to there. All right, smash the like while you're here, sub to the channel, and the audio podcast. Better sub to those and rate and review as well. The DraftKings Listeners League is now open. The link is down in the description. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo will get you 10% off weekly, monthly, yearly to make your own projections. All the DFS tools, all the betting tools are up there right now. And Jake Seeley. The challenge, Ride or Die, season 38, starts on Wednesday evening. I happen to have a free fantasy league that people can join. If you missed the show, it's up on Mayo Media Network. The preview to the season, the link is in the description of that show. So I recommend that you go join it and play for free because the challenge rules, Jake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was like, that didn't sound like the end of your sentence. No, that's it. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm just making a very bold statement. The challenge rules, you should watch it and play in the fantasy league.
2: See, I thought that was the challenge rules are. And then you were going to keep going, like, these these are what the rules
1: are. So I didn't know that was the challenge. Rules. That's what I was waiting. (laughs) No, no, there's way too many rules of the fantasy league to really go through. There's like 300 (laughs) of them. Basically, if you win or you hook up, those are the two things that you want to have. Okay. Okay. I in the season 38. Are you kidding me? That's what we're at. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well. Good luck to everybody in that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you should come join. Uh, The rankings are down in the description right now. If you just want the handy list versions of those, I'll update them every morning. And if there's huge news that happens, and we have a lot of weird injuries going on right now. We don't know exactly who's going to play, so I try to do my best guesses. Of course, again, this is a Tuesday when you're watching, well, you may be watching the show whenever, but we've recorded it on a Tuesday. So if information changes, let's say, I don't know, Thursday afternoon, it is literally impossible for me to know that right now I know that 99% of you know that but there's a 1% of you who are complete fucking morons and don't get that so you're gonna I have to spell that out for you how about that let's get into the rankings running backs <laughs> to kick everything off Saquon coming in at number one again Chubb, Eckler, Fournette, McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor who I have back in this week Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones into Ramondre Stevenson At number 11, uh, that is assuming that Damian Harris is going to be out, which looks like he's going to be out for multiple weeks. I'm pretty confident in that one. Brees Hall, Ken Walker, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jeff Wilson, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, James Robinson, and Miles Sanders in at number 20. I have Najee Harris at number 21, Jake. Is Najee Harris going the way of Trent Richardson? <laughs> I saw somebody tweet that, and that, that's not the same situation. One
2: had no vision, and one is—is is it potentially the list Frank injury that's just bothering the entire year? The offense was doing nothing under Trubisky, which is part of the problem too. Uh, I looked at it, and in the two games that Warren's been seeing more touches the past two weeks, uh, it kind of might be part of the game plan of defenses facing them. But whatever it is, it's strange to see three times the yards before contact for warren versus harris again that might be because he's out there in a smaller sample because when he's out there, maybe defenses don't exactly know the playbook as much as, like, what will be expected. Because they sit there and study the playbook for weeks on end for all this entire, like, film, 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 film. So Warren's not as much as a tell, whatever it might be. Uh, you're more concerned about the yards after contact and how Harris looks. And you could argue that Harris doesn't look 100%. So it's not Trent Richardson. We just had Najee Harris have an amazing season. Najee Harris has had a great fantasy career to start. It's just more of the Trent Richardson couldn't see his way through the line and Najee Harris is now dealing with this. So 21 might even be a little bit high just because the biggest concern here is if it's the list Frank and then we get Mike Tomlin doing what Mike Tomlin has really never done and that's split this backfield. The only time he's ever really split the touches is when Najee Harris went down or anybody before him and he was forced to choose between crap options. So, maybe you start to see more of a 60 40 split like we see with a lot of backfields these days. And you mentioned that he's out, but maybe Najee Harris turns into Damian Harris. And without that touchdown equity, it's like you say, where you have him at 21. I don't know if I can argue him much higher. The only one that I don't have a problem with right now is I don't think I would have James Robinson that high. The last two weeks of snap counts, and I know one was a muddy game with that weather, but Travis Etienne has been going up week after week after week after week, all four weeks in a row. And I know they seem to, as you like the term, Pat, the Jaguars seem to galaxy brain themselves with that matchup with the Texans. But I do think at least a split backfield is looking like it's finally happening for the Jaguars.
1: Okay, so you're not good with James Robinson at number 19. Where would you dump James Robinson down to? Like, would you play Zeke or James Robinson? Mostert. Mostert?
2: I, I would play Mostert. Uh, J- Chase Edmonds has been officially, like, eliminated from that backfield, which is what we never wanted to deal with that backfield, which is split. But the past two weeks, Edmonds is now no more than a high-end backup in case Mostert get or
1: if and when Mostert gets hurt now. Do you think that has to do with the quarterbacks? Like if Tua comes back, do you think that we see more Edmonds? I don't like the Edmonds usage even there is like it was the touchdowns. The play usage wasn't so much
2: outside of that first week. It has really generally been moving in Mostert's way. And there was talk of, you know, Mostert needed more time to get acclimated because also he was coming off the injury and the signing late and Edmonds was there first, blah, 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 blah. I do think maybe the quarterback situation might change it a little bit to be more of a 70-30 split, but as of right now, and hey, we don't have to worry about that at least for a week or two because is not even practicing yet. So uh, as of right now, I would go most than James Robinson. I would still play Ch- James Robinson over
1: – Pollard and Eno Benjamin, and that's that's Eno with no James Conner, right? Yeah, I have James Conner out of the rankings for right now. I think that a lot of people will glom on to how much Eno Benjamin played against the Eagles. We have to remember that was in a catch-up situation the entire time. I do think that we're going to get some more Daryl Williams in this game than just Eno Benjamin.
2: Yeah, and if there's no Daryl Williams, I think it would be if, if Jonathan Ward can get out there and be healthy, or they pick somebody else off the street as more of that between the tackles type. I'm with you. The comparison I keep making is Eno Benjamin is just now their Chase Edmonds. Is like what had happened three times where Chase Edmonds even got over 15 carries in the history of being with the Cardinals? Uh, it might maybe three or four times, but I, I think there's the same situation for Eno is that maybe he gets there. And I guess Seattle, they run a lot of plays, but with I'm with you, is that I'm more concerned that whoever the more lead power back is takes too much away from Eno. But you have them in a fair spot.
1: I, I, I do think that regardless of who they end up bringing on the roster for this week in particular against Seattle, that you're just going to see a lot of passing go down because Seattle's going to push the pace on you and score a bunch of points. Who would have thought? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and the good thing about it is that Seattle's defense is bottom five in both pass and
1: rush DVOA. <laughs> or, or not DVOA, EPA. So there you go. Boom, hit them both. Uh, do you have a problem with where I've ranked, like, Ken Walker and Ramondre, not knowing exact, nah. not knowing exactly that, like, oh, they're the guys. We assume that they're going to be the guys, and, like, 80%, 70% of the snaps in this backfield. Because I have Ramondre at 11, Brees, I mean, Brees Hall's been great. He's at number 12, and then Ken Walker at number 13. Those seem fair to me. Like, they look weird when you rank them. It's like, no, but that's actually how I'd play them.
2: <laughs> that is the only one that I have a problem with is because, and we, we've actually touched on him quite a few times already. I would play Jeff, Jeff Wilson over Kareem Hunt, and I put Jeff Wilson in that conversation. It's having Coleman pass catching down was just him. But we've t- this is why, because we've talked about Jeff Wilson as in whoever that role is. Elijah Mitchell, you and I had the same conversation then, is that, yeah, there is a pass catcher. We know Shanahan does not want to use whoever his lead is, as in you're the bell cow, with the passing game work it's basically we run you 20 times and that's the end of story you might get one target but that being said as Tevin Coleman scored his rushing touchdown once that game was well in hand I feel better about him than a split backfield of that's definitely Edwards Alaire. There's no question on earth I'm starting over Edwards. I don't care what the damn matchup is at Edwards Alaire at this point. is zero yards saved by a touchdown this past week against the Raiders. Miserable night. Uh, and I know they were playing catch up a lot in that game, so that was different. But that being said, I would still start Jeff Wilson over him. But Ken Walker, Hall, and Stevenson. Yeah, the thing with Stevenson, I'd be more concerned if Ty Montgomery was ready. He's not. Bill Belichick said he's probably not even going to practice this week. So the next man up is Pierre Strong and uh, the other Kevin Harris that they drafted. And I don't think either one of them are cut too much into
1: Stevenson's workload. So okay, I'll boost up Jeff Wilson and move him to number fourteen. I like your argument on that one. Do you see the rumors swirling about the Bills being interested in Christian McCaffrey? I feel like that would kill. Nah. Chris- oh, that would kill Christian <laughs> McCaffrey.
2: I mean, it would definitely kill him from being top five and put him as a back end RV one, because like this is the same thing that I brought up to you. And we've had this conversation in comparison with Josh Allen. Not that you disagree, when I bring it up is Josh Allen's the Cam Newton factor. But the backfield for Cam Newton, when it was just McCaffrey, McCaffrey was fine. McCaffrey was still top three. I think it was that year like you can if you have one guy you stick with and you have that kind of equity there. And that's what happened with Singletary last year. Singletary towards the end stretch was a top 12 running back. I think he was actually top 10 during that final stretch when he was getting close to 20 touches, because if you stick to one guy, it's okay if the quarterback's taking what he takes because you're just one guy. The concern would be how much do they keep Singletary involved? How much do they keep? But anyway, I already meant that. Anyway, I really don't think that's happening. I don't think we're going to see these trades that are floating around. As soon as the coaching change happened it was christian mccaffrey dj moore anybody who's ever good on the panthers they're going to trade all of them and you know how often trades actually happen so i'm not saying that there's zero chance but i'd be surprised if it was me
1: i think there's more likelihood that dj moore ends up on a new team than it is mccaffrey where do you think would be the best landing spot for dj moore because i, I keep hearing people say, oh the packers i think baltimore has to be up there i
2: think he's got a similar i think that would definitely would but now you'd be kicking bateman completely aside i don't know if that happens and that may be similar to this backfield being the bills isn't it's not a similar situation as we do have a clear one but the other players like duvernay and bateman siphon off enough that his value dj moore's dj moore's value is going to go up if he can get away from the Panthers. panthers no beast. even if he ended up on the miserable giants he'd be up because like you would assume he would get more usage than this Baker Mayfield nonsense. And now they're turning to PJ Walker cause he's hurt. Um, but I think that Baltimore and I'd like the Packers more. And although you know how I feel about Lazard, I love some Lazard, but I feel like that'd be a good situation. I can't see very many more situations outside of green Bay where it's just like, Oh, this is a guarantee. Get him back inside the top 20. I think any situation would be better But I don't know if we get any situation where we're like, ooh, DJ Moore is back to being that like 15, 16 wide receiver we always knew unless it's the Packers.
1: Yeah, I actually think it's a pretty decent opportunity for one of these like afterthought teams to go after after a receiver who just would never sign with them. Like the Bears. For example, like the bears aren't signing anyone good <laughs> anytime in like the next two years. But this way, like you can kind of leverage your position at the moment, get rid of it to go acquire a guy who wants to get at a dodge. If they're going to be selling, you have a ton to offer up. It's not like they're going to offer him a first round pick when they're probably going to be picking like top right. five in the draft, but you could offer up something pretty juicy. And then you still have DJ Moore for three years. You know, it'd be interesting. Tennessee. Yeah, but the internet tells me Traylon Burks is amazing, and when he comes back from his foot injury, (laughs) he's going to be the best receiver in the NFL. Oh,
2: of course. You know what else will be intriguing? I don't know why I have to go so high-pitched for that. Uh, The the Dallas Cowboys. I I like Michael Gallup, but definitively DJ Moore over Michael Gallup, and you put those one-two, Cedar Lamb and Moore, that would be interesting when Dak Prescott comes back.
1: Yeah, it's... I'm trying to figure out like where the deficiency is going to be for them because obviously their defense is amazing. They just need to continue this sort of play calling when Dak comes back. That's the weirdest part. And they won't do it. They won't do it at all. (laughs) (laughs)
2: They they won't. You're 100% right there. Well, that's because Jerry Jones has too much input on everything. Oh, I, you know, it'd be very, very, very interesting if it wasn't for the combination of factors wrong. If it wasn't for the offensive line, the arm, the backfield, they're like, you'd be like, oh, look, put him on the Rams. But guess what? It's not going to make Allen. He's not going to be that much better than Allen Robinson when there's so many other
1: things going wrong with the Rams. David Montgomery returned last week and absolutely Ugh. annihilated Khalil Herbert in terms of the touches. I, I didn't yes. expect that to happen. I feel like, yo, let's ease David Montgomery back in. Herbert yeah. probably still gets the mid- like, you know, 50%, 50%, 60%, 40%, something like that. It's like the fewest touches Herbert's got in a game all year. I just I don't understand how that happened. I you know, And I've said
2: in years past to you, Brad, I, I even mentioned it on my show, I say – If you see a running back who's playing well, and not even just playing well, but playing very well, and the incumbent that he was going to unseat comes back and they make him active, assume they're going right back to that guy, because why else would you? Like, if the running back's performing poorly, then it's, of course, like, let's get our guy back out there because it sucks. Like, our offense stinks. He's not running the ball. He's terrible right now. Like, that's the art so that you're like, oh, they're activating him. They're not going to do it unless he's ready. This one, I did what you did. Like, I should have listened to myself from past years, but the reason why I was with you, I actually had them back-to-back, I think, in my rankings, is because I was hesitant in the fact that he was all the way up to a game-day potential and active situation. They said, hey, here's the inactives. He's playing. And I'm like, eh, okay, like you just said, maybe we take it easy. Maybe we do a 50-50. They're like, the NFL's a copycat league, and maybe they don't. But- Right. That's why as soon as you said his name, I went, ugh, because I did not see that happening. Cleo Herbert's officially back to being a high-end backup in the Dylan Warren conversation. Like, if if you're in a league where Ken Walker's somehow sitting up there and Cleo Herbert's your lowest running back, you drop him. Um, that's how bad it was in the first game back.
1: I was shocked by that. I have ETN at 20, and we've moved James Robinson down to 23. Should I boost? Are, are we to the point where we want to boost to ETN over James Robinson, or are we still kind of convinced that if they get a carry from the one yard line, it's gonna be James Robinson? I think it's still James Robinson. And I joked and said that to you about
2: that Galaxy brain themselves just because it was like, hey, everything's working for so it's what you make the joke about Matt Ryan all the time. Like, hey, let me get to the ten-yard line and they won't expect me to throw it to my best or they're gonna expect me to throw it my best wide receiver, so I'm gonna look anywhere else possible. That's kind of like that game. I was just watching the Jaguars because I went back again. I'm like, what the hell happened in this game? And it was target the living hell out of Marvin and Zay Jones, uh, overthrows and deep plays downfield that, I mean, even Trevor Lawrence deserves blame in that game. Uh, ETN deservedly looked good and deservedly deserves more. That's a lot of deserves more touches. I don't think it's there yet where he's fully. In the lead, or even a full 50 50, I still think we're looking at 60 40 just by a hair because of what you said. I think Robinson's still going to be the option, option inside the 10. You have to remember, and I'm not saying running backs can't succeed in the NFL, I'm not making a BMI or a weight cut, but Etienne's a slender guy. You, you, you're. No matter how good he looks, the Jaguars are not going to give him 20 touches because just like other running backs like him, he would get murdered. He wouldn't last four weeks if you gave him 20 touches a game. But Etienne and what he does is amazing and great. That This is what we thought of in the preseason. So I think it's happening. I think we're getting close to the 50-50 split. But I would
1: still lean James Robinson for those goal line opportunities. Uh, just going past, I have Michael Carter at number 30 if people are wondering. And then I have Melvin Gordon at 31, Mike Boone at 36. I feel like we're to the point where I was so wrong about this Denver team. And maybe they'll turn it around, but I, I can't imagine <laughs> like being going and setting my fantasy lineup and feeling good about having any Bronco outside of maybe Cortland Sutton in it. And even that's not that great. I mean who would have thought
2: would, like the we're sitting here in week six and gino's a better quarterback than russell wilson oh, the wide receivers for the seahawks both of them look better than and that includes Cortland Sutton, who's been consistent but not great in the breakout that we thought Backfield, blah boone looked more explosive with a lot of those carries that he had that night not that melvin gordon is terrible but i think we are in that concern what you brought up last week you're you know you were saying you thought mike boom was the better pickup than algier Mike Boone being a 50 50 split doesn't surprise me. It's the Mike Boone taking over where I know it's one week later and I'm not saying you're definitively right. But if you told me next week, we're having this conversation and Boone got 70% of the work and Gordon only got 30. It would not shock me after they, you can't, if you didn't know who Melvin Gordon was and you just like looked at that game objectively, you'd be like that running back looks better talking about Mike Boone.
1: I have Algier at number 32. Yeah, it's about as bad of a matchup as you can get against San Francisco, and they seem pretty content right. with spreading the ball around. They do. Caleb,
2: the good thing is that Algier got 50%, and then the other 50 was split with Huntley and Avery Williams. But we got Avery Williams with a goal line opportunity, and then uh, Huntley actually – I don't even think Huntley got one in that game, which was the surprising part about it. Uh, but it's it's a 50-50. It's a 50, Algier, and 50, the rest – I would feel better if this was against seattle but it's not as you <laughs> mentioned and so i i would not argue for
1: algier being any higher than that uh, anyone else from down on the list you think i should have a little bit higher or is this just kind of where we're at with four teams on by i think this is where we're at with four teams on
2: by um yeah, I can't really. Uh, Brian Robinson's intriguing, maybe after this week. Like, so that's another one. He got 20 something percent of the snaps, but actually got the most carries. Antonio Gibson got the report. He's going to be used on the practice squad, which, yeah. yeah. So, about that is this is a full blown committee, though. Brian Robinson gets what, 10 to 14 carries? And then Antonio Gibson gets a handful, but also some passing game work, which just destroys McKissick, who gets only passing game work. I want to stay the living hell away from this but they are playing chicago so if i did my rankings as of today i might lean brian robinson over antonio gibson just because i think antonio gibson's time is done of being the goal line option i think it's officially over now that brian robinson's out there
1: yeah but now you have the circumstance of he might return a kick for a touchdown
2: (laughs) yeah what the the one in 100 chance that happens
1: yeah they're (laughs) gonna put him out there see how that ends up going All right, let's move to receiver for the week. Cooper Cup, no surprise. Number one, Jefferson Diggs, Chase (laughs) Evans, Hollywood Brown at number six. Guy just does nothing but get targets. Now we get Seattle. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb is the top ten. DK, Mm. I have T. Higgins in right now. We'll see if he ends up playing, but (laughs) if he's playing, I'm going to play him, although... Yeah, you know, I tried that last week. That didn't turn out well. Mike Williams, Alave, I don't know whether he's going to play or not, but I have it 14 for the moment because I don't think that Michael Thomas is going to play again. I don't have him in the rankings at the moment. Lockett, Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton, Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman. I did. I, I read this and I couldn't believe this if this was true or not, although it would really go a long way into describing Matt Ryan's arm strength, that Michael Pittman hasn't seen a target deeper than 17 yards downfield all year. Is that true? That's what I read this morning. I was like, yeah, I don't want to fact check it, but
2: it sounds horrible. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm going to fact check it this afternoon. That's for sure. And the thing is, is why Pittman's concerning is because it seems when things go wrong, he's not even looking at Pittman. He's looking at Al Pierce, which, yeah, I'm excited to be, yeah, victory lap that one. I'm not victory lapping it that much because that means just Michael Pittman was wrong at this point. Uh, it is. I'm going to
1: look that one up. That's. Yeah, it's from uh, it's from your boy, Rich Rebar. So Michael Pittman's oh, longest. Well then tar- I believe it. Michael Pittman's longest target is 17 yards downfield this season. Despite missing a full game, he leads the NFL in hitch routes at 54 wide receivers with a lower a dot are all slot archetypes. So Amon Ra, Paris Campbell, Dortch, who's like dead at this point, Russell Gage, Debo <laughs> Samuel, Curtis Samuel. That, these are the routes that Michael Pittman is running this year, despite playing on the outside. That's disgusting. I was yeah.
2: actually going to look at the air yards per target just to see like how low he ranked, but you just gave me a whole bunch of the names. You know what else I'm concerned? Oh, well, this is an interesting one. I'm going to look at his percentage of his team's air yard targets. That that would be interesting to see too, because that just that might be high just because the air yards for Matt Ryan just suck ass. Uh, he still has, no, nah, they're not that great. He's got 19.3% of his team's air yards, but that's alongside DuVernay, Waller, Everett, Osborne, Boyd, Claypool, to give you an idea of where he ranks. That's
1: that's gross. You can't give up on him, but it's, no. not, it's not great. It's It's not what people thought they were buying at draft time.
2: No, if you could sell high in the name value and like argue like, hey, you know, a rebound, I'm willing to bite the bullet, that type of thing, I would do it. Christian, yeah, I, t-
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was about to say, Christian, you have him run spot. I would go buy low on Christian Kirk. If I could do a one-for-one one Pittman for Kirk, that doesn't happen a lot, but I would after that one game. That was the first game this year where Kirk hasn't gotten at least 20% of the team target
1: percentage. I'm with you. I'd rather have Christian Kirk than Michael Pittman from here on out. Unless somehow Nick Foles starts playing quarterback for the Colts. I got to tell you, if the Packers don't make a trade and you ask for my rest of season rankings, Lazard over Pittman. I could see that. So to the 21 through 30 at Kirk, Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, I don't know what to do with these Dolphins receivers right now, but it seems like Hill is a bit more sticky despite the injury than Waddle for the that whole moment. team is questionable right now.
2: <laughs> Alan Lazard
1: at 24, Drake London, Romeo Dibbs, Deontay Johnson down at 27. He should probably even be lower than that at this point. Brandon Ayuk, Juju. I yeah, got 13 targets. Yeah, did nothing with him. Brandon Ayuk, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jacoby Myers at number 30. That's, that's like the one great DraftKings play that I made last week. I was like, oh, Jacoby Myers is active? I'll play him. He runs perfect Bailey run. Zappi- routes (laughs) badly zappy routes the
2: one who doesn't uh one spot in front of him juju smith schuster is down with
1: i would play alec pierce over him you play alec pierce over him really what do you have 30 yards and like all like he's well if he doesn't drop passes then all of a sudden he's doing a lot better right
2: it's still East. The ceiling seems to be, and look, this is from somebody that I loved Juju smith Schuster as my wide receiver for this year. I loved it because it was like, Hey, he's the number one. Does it mean 25% target share? Absolutely not. But 18 to 20 with Patrick Mahomes, Yay. Guess what? He's getting 18 to 20 and look at what he's done so far. That's that's with him getting, I think it's like 18.4% out of the after week six or week five. I'm not sure where it is, but that being said, no, I play Garrett Wilson. I play Alec Pierce. Uh, he's not even catching touchdowns. There's like zero upside with Juju Smith Shoes. He's basically discount the, your boy, Jacoby Myers. He's the worst version of Jacoby Myers.
1: Yeah, at least, I mean, Jacoby Myers caught a touchdown last week. Broke 100 yeah, yards. But I'm
2: just telling you. Great week. You no, know, he deserves to be down. He deserves to be down there with Alec Pierce and Rondell Moore at this point. All right, would you play
1: Rondell Moore or Juju? Mm, Arizona's got Seattle. I would play Rondell Moore one more week. Would you play Elijah Moore or Juju? I
2: played Juju Smith shoes. There's there's one, and I'll admittedly, uh, instead of taking a victory lap, I said this on the all In Football Show today with uh, stepmom Lauren. I'm taking the crap lap, taking the crap lap on Elijah Moore because I thought Zach Wilson would get him that boost back, that being Elijah Moore. Uh, That stretch run last year was split between Mike White and Zach Wilson, but it involved two, three games of Zach Wilson. And I thought it'd be a great duo of Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. But the problem is Zach Wilson came in, and it's not a duo. It's a trio. And the number one is Davis. Both games was Corey Davis. So uh, it's Elijah. But that's the thing. Elijah Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster feel very similar. I think right right there is
1: a good range, good spot for him. So that entire 31 through 40 range for me, it goes Bateman at number 30, assuming that he's going to be back. We'll see about that. Pickens, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, Michael Gallup, McLaurin, Thielen, Garrett Wilson, your boy, Alec Pierce, Rondale Moore, and now Juju at number 40. After that, I, wide receiver gets really thin this this week with the four-by <laughs> four teams. I just want to throw that out. <laughs> it does
2: get pretty gross it's honestly really gross and the fact you know, think about the fact that we're talking about jerry judy is down here dj moore is down here you would have told people jerry judy and dj moore and not even
1: inside the top 40 come week six people would have told you're stupid if bateman is out how far up would you put duvernay i have him at 46 right now like would he become top 30 or is it like right around there
2: Mm, it's right around there. The giant secondary has actually been pretty good. Um, not fearsome, not overly concerning and you can get some options like Duvernay and Bateman that can do some damage against them. So I would put them probably I'd play him over a uke, uh, uke's boomer Bust. We know that and it's been very more bust this year than expected floor would be Myers. And then he, so I think Ayuk, Myers, he deserves to be there. And I probably play him for at least a decent. He's kind of got like the floor, not of Myers, but he's got some of the floor of Myers and then some of the
1: upside of Ayuk. So I would go Deontay Duvernay. Okay. Is there anyone from like way down on this list? Like, are you a big. I don't know. I feel very good about how much I hated Darnell Mooney coming into the season. And he's terrible. <laughs> like, he's not personally. Last two weeks he's he, woken up. Oh, yeah. He's woken up with his, what, two catches? <laughs> i'm just saying that's it
2: that's waking up when you're dead asleep and doing nothing i would say there's an intriguing name you don't have at all but this is only if he finally gets to play and no it's not Kadarius tony because he's never gonna play and he never matters but wandel robinson if he finally suits up for the Giants. i'm not i'm
1: not ranking any of these idiots until they get on the field Okay, like, it's just a, it's a hassle What's for it, me at this it- point it-
2: I said, if he gets on the field, Josh Palmer's done nothing in his opportunities for replacing Keenan Allen. So yeah, I he's, would he's risk Wandell Robinson over him. Okay. Well, I mean, I have Josh Palmer at 62. You know, I know. I just, I just picked out a name where like that Wandell wouldn't be inside my top 50. He would be in these flyer groups like Darnell Mooney or Wandell Robinson. I can see that
1: as a conversation. Okay. Hopefully your team isn't suffering like that. That bad? <laughs> it's possible.
2: I drafted a team way too good for 2023. I might be dealing with that.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably not a dynasty league, is it?
2: It's a keeper league, so I'm kind of okay. But, like, yeah, my three wide receivers are Drake, London, Dobbs, and who's I forget the other one. Traylon Burks is on my IR, but I wasn't even doing that for this year, as you well know. Oh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I got Garrett Wilson, London, and Dobbs.
1: I mean, for a few of those weeks, it turned out pretty good for you.
2: A a couple. I love them kids. (laughs)
1: Oh, that sounded bad. (laughs)
2: oh boy I I heard the laugh I heard the laugh in the background
3: (laughs) well
1: we know what the clip for this show is going to (laughs) be
2: oh my god that's the best I heard him laugh in the background
1: (laughs) yeah when you can get a reaction from Paul you're doing pretty well (laughs) I'm in tears over here (laughs) Let's talk tight ends. I
2: can't even see the screen. They're, I can't. They're all blurry. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That, that is un, out of context. Highlight film. Top five all time.
1: Tight end rankings. Right, tight ends. <laughs> You're worse than Feinberg right now. Cutting me off. Face him, Hill. Number one. <laughs> uh. Our next partner as a product, I literally use every single day. I started taking athletic greens because I felt like I didn't have time to put together a super healthy breakfast every single morning. So I'd wake up, I'd feel logy, and then all of a sudden, like my next four hours were just like pounding coffee into myself. I started taking athletic greens in the morning. because so I wanted a supplement that actually tastes good, gave me more energy and optimized my immune system. Then all of a sudden feeling great all the time with athletic greens. It made such a notable difference that my wife, Started doing it as well, so now we have to order two packs of Athletic Greens every single time. Well worth it, and it's lifestyle friendly because it takes absolutely no time to put together, and you can just pound it back. Athletic Greens is a small micro habit that has big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day that takes care of yourself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit AthleticGreens.com/ mayo again. That's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, Tight
1: end rankings for Week Six. Uh, I actually go with Travis Kelsey at number one. Andrews, Goddard, <laughs> Ertz, Higby, top five. Your boy and Joku moving up the ranks. Kittle, who's apparently just terrible. Assuming Bright is out, I have Cade Otten at number eight. Hurst at number nine. Kyle Pitts at number ten. Fryermuth, if he plays, at number eleven, and then Taysom Hill at number twelve. Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet. It's not great out here, but let's talk about Taysom. That. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the issue. Like last week was such an outlier for him. What was it four touchdowns, one throwing, three, <laughs> three rushing? But normally, if he scores a touchdown, it really only ends up being like eight fantasy points, which is not really doing you any. I mean, it, it does you fine, but that's like the usual. Like that's usually his like ninety fifth percentile outcome. What we saw was the hundredth percentile outcome last week. So unless he scores two touchdowns for you, it's just sort of a it's no different than Evan Ingram's five for 50. In fact, it might even be worse.
2: No, I, I think that's why he's in this conversation though. And that's what I keep saying is that he deserves to be a back end tight end one. Uh, I even argue the way things are going right now. If you wanted to play, I like, I don't know if I'd go that far, but if you wanted to play him over Kyle Pitts, I mean, how could you even argue at this point? Because this is who he is. He's not Evan Ingram. He's not uh Higby. He's not Zach Ertz. Those are the floor guys. Those are, 8, 9, 10, even 11, 12 points every single week. I mean, if you look at Higby and Ertz, it's basically pencil in 9 and 12 every single week. That's just where they're sitting. He's in the Njoku. He's in that Hayden Hurst conversation where one week it's going to be 4. The next week will be 18, which is essentially every single tight end as soon as you get to number 8 because you have Kittle at 7. So everybody from there, you have Hurst fire ingram who's more of a floor but henry up and down schultz probably nothing until Dak gets back so if you want to play him at that top 10 tight end i don't have a problem with it because it's freaking tight end man like just go for the upside or go for nothing that's what we've been doing anyway a little blips like tyler conklin before azama and others started getting more involved was a thing we played gerald everett until parham came back as you continually kept saying watch out for parham and you were right about that is that's why we're playing these guys. So Taysom Hill, if you want to play him, but yeah, this is the thing. People are going to say, why don't you have Taysom Hill at five because of what you just said. He deserved to be a back-end tight end one.
1: Are you good with Kate Otten at number
2: eight? Eh, a little bit aggressive, but if Bray is completely out, and I think it comes down to how healthy is Julio engaged too. I don't know if Kate, uh, uh, Otten gets that much work if Julio's out there and Gage is back to 100%. So it, there's a lot of moving pieces with the Buccaneers, but I do like him. I was on him as a very intriguing 2023 tight end, uh, and you're already seeing why for the upside if this is if he's officially out there. And then if Julio's out, and even if Gage is near 100%, I would feel good about him.
1: All right, anyone else that we should like? You know who you're playing at tight end at this point? Like if you did have to stream someone, I guess. Otten would be my choice because he's the most available. Bellinger. And you have him super
2: low, but I mean, the Giants keep finding a way to get him the ball here and there. He might get you a touchdown. I mean, he like got you're a... streaming. That's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a touchdown. You're hoping for tight end 12.
1: Get a touchdown and that's I Yeah, I mean, I would, if I wanted to try to find a touchdown, I mean, I don't think Bellinger is where I would look. I mean, I would want to go to an offense that I actually might throw for a touchdown. <laughs>
2: so where else would you look? Mo Mo'Ally
1: Cox? Yeah. Yeah. Or that mm-hmm. other guy, yeah, Jay maybe. Woods on the Colts. Jelaney Woods. Yeah, that guy. Robert Tunyon, who's just droppable at this point. Yeah, like but at least those teams pass. See,
2: like I'm looking at your rankings and not not like coming for your own rankings, but essentially everybody after Hunter Henry, and Schultz included, until Dak gets back. Screw commit at sixteen. Screw Eric Sopper. Like I just like you just said, I would just go for whoever I thought was gonna score a touchdown. I'm not chasing touchdowns, but all these guys getting three for 40, I won't even waste my time with.
1: I mean, Will Disley then isn't probably the worst idea in the world. Yeah, there you go. In, a, in, a super, you go. in what's expected to be a pretty high scoring game against Arizona. So if this there was you like. And five, he might get two every it, so often. If this was five years ago, you just have the flow chart. Who's playing Arizona? Are they a tight end? Play them. And then Will Disley, <laughs> boom. <laughs> We're getting back close to that, honestly. I mean, Goddard didn't score last week, did he? Mm, but he had a nice game. He did have a nice game. That's true. Quarterbacks. Uh, Josh Allen, number one. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Okay, those are the top three. Mahomes is number four. Then, you know, Brady, Kyler, Geno, number seven. Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. I I want to go because I actually am streaming quarterbacks in my main league that I'm in. So I streamed Wentz last week. That mm-hmm. actually turned out really well. He threw for like almost 400 yards somehow in that game. I was really, really begging for that <laughs> touchdown at the end. I mean, not somehow. It's what Carson Wentz does. But it just seemed like a really good spot for him. It's like, oh, yeah, they'll probably be down, have to be throwing. But Geno is actually legit. And I'm going to ride, ride this one out until it goes like tits up. Oh, you mean like Jared Goff last week? Yeah, I think we saw that. I say that because we, we saw that one we coming. We did, but we didn't
2: know that was gonna come last week like it did and go that sideways when he had at, Amon Ryan St. Brown actually active and he just did it the week before without he threw freaking four touchdowns without Amon Ryan St. Brown the week before. Yeah, don't play Jared I did not don't think-
1: pl- don't play Jared Goff outside. It's that easy.
2: Eh, well, so there you go. Well, that holds true. So don't play him outside. That, that should be the tell going forward. But yeah, I think the Gino is right it until it dies. I just don't. Want, I was bringing that up to say, like, I just don't want to see it happen this week. And it's all everything's set for it to be a nice game against Arizona at home. It should be. But ooh, I just I don't know if I could pull the trigger over. Joe Burrow, not
1: that he's looked great.
2: Ah, well, actually, he's at New Orleans, and I think I'm okay with that. that, that,
1: that, that good. That's actually where I got to with a lot of this. Like, I was like, I want to play Gino. I want him to be like my high streaming guy this week. How high can I actually put him in the rankings? It's like, well, Burrow's been like, eh, and they're playing New Orleans. New Orleans. I mean, not that New, Gino lit up New Orleans in New Orleans last week, so it's doable, most certainly. But yeah, if Higgins is still banged up a bit, who knows with him? And maybe that the pass rush for the saints reappears and reemerges at some point and starts dropping Burrell on his ass. Who knows Rogers is God knows what like some, some drives he's good. Other drives. He's absolutely horrible. Yeah. Cousins. I mean, if you could play, if you could pick the half, you What's... want Kirk cousins, that would be great and pair him with another quarterback for another half, but you only get two good quarters out of him, And then Herbert's playing Denver. I am like terrified of this Denver defense against quarterbacks. I was just about to ask you. What's your reasoning behind Herbert? Uh, is
2: it specifically this year too? Because Herbert's not, it hasn't if every single game so far, he hasn't. And I know this isn't this year, but he's never had a problem with Denver to this point, even in Denver.
1: Denver hasn't had this defense in okay,
2: six, that's six I, seven yeah. years.
1: And Herbert? Okay. I mean, Herbert I, should have lit up the Browns last week. And what was he, like quarterback 23 on the week? I think he really needs Keenan Allen back.
2: Um, I'm looking right now. Do we think Keenan Allen still, comes back? I don't know. I don't know why this keeps going further and further back. I gotta tell you I still think even after everything you just said I still think I would go
1: Herbert over Rodgers at this point. I was surprised at how much they passed last week for a team like you can, Rogers, run, you can run on the Giants they decided not to do that.
2: Yeah, that was kind of one of that seemed like a little bit of like the Jacksonville thing too and then even try with Jones and Dylan when they got that's why they got the two batted passes at the end of the game. Like just throw, 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 throw and you were having rushing success too. Oh, that was a weird one. I think it feels like the Packers
1: and the Jaguars both fooled themselves into losses last week. I I wanted to rank Fields a lot higher because you can definitely throw on Washington. It's a Thursday night game. Your problem he, is he's not Fields any Fields can't throw. I mean, Fields can bomb well, that it too. He can like if this is can, just seven steps and throw bomb well it or run throw well. Yeah, that, that that's <laughs> going to be it for him. Right, it's it's a tough week. Like a lot of bad, a lot of low end quarterbacks with bad matchups is not a great recipe for. I mean, Zach Wilson, I have a number 12. He's never thrown for 300 yards in his career.
2: <laughs> mm, I mean, that's – where do you have Matt Ryan? Yeah, then I thought I'd want to push him high. At 20. All. He's facing – the Jacksonville defense is actually good. better than people realize. No, it's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is awesome. the Cincinnati pass defense. It's really
1: good. Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't have a problem with the rest of your rankings. And, and then you got like Bailey Zappi, Skylar Thompson, Kenny Pickett, P.J. Walker. Like You're not playing any of those guys. I mean, Skylar maybe Thompson, may, may, maybe maybe Zappi because the Browns' defense is actually like secret bad.
2: Man, Twitter is freaking hilarious. I even came for your boy Endercuss, too. Like the the praise that Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and even down to Zappi got it was
1: like just be a quarterback. And oh my god, they look amazing. Dude, yeah. They. They they threw 200 yards and no touchdowns. Daniel Jones did not look amazing in that game. I'm not going to lie to you.
2: No, he didn't. Zach Wilson made a decent throw or two, but how many touchdowns did he throw for? 200-something yards. Okay, the Jets won that game. Brees Hall and Saquon Barkley won those games. Ramondre Stevenson won that
1: game, too. (laughs) Defenses. I got two fun ones uh, inside my top five. So I go San Francisco, Tampa Bay. I think those going to be one, two for most people in some sort of order. Then I go Bears, Commandos, Jags, Rams, Packers, Patriots, Browns, and Cowboys. That's the top ten. I just think Bears and Commanders, this shit show on Thursday night, just <laughs> play these defenses. <laughs> Oh, my
2: God. Uh, yeah, I actually had them as two of my top streamers for them. And then I had the Jaguars last week and holding on to them for this week. And, and the nice and Nice to see them inside the top five. I guess Matt Ryan. Uh, watch Matt. This is going to be Matt Ryan's 350 and three touchdown Opus. Watch. This is what this is what we're coming for now.
1: Hey, um,
2: Matt Ryan had a 350-yard game in week one
1: against Houston. They tied.
2: I know. Yeah, he has two 350-yard three, two, three games already. And I don't. Yeah, I think you got all the streamers in your list. Where do you have the Jets? I don't. I just feel like if if, if they go that pass happy again, you might get a turnover or two. You might I, I mean, would play them. <sighs> nah, I don't e I I'm looking at your top seventeen, I don't even know where I would slot them in. They would be like a that would be a DraftKings play only.
1: Yeah, well, that'd be like, hey, I really need to take a chance that's outside of the box. I don't think you need to do that in a season long league. No. No.
2: I was just trying to see if there's any other sneaky sleepers, but you, I mean, this list, we're also dealing without four teams, matchups in both, not their defenses, because I don't think there's a really great defenses anybody on by, um, but matchup plays. Yeah, I think you got a good list on defenses this week. You do defense as well. We do defense as well. That's how we finished. What was it? Number two that one year? Yeah. Maybe we can finish number one this year. That would be fantastic. I know we hit the
1: 15th mark and after week four, I forgot. I didn't even check after last week yet. Getting to number one, well, it's it's gonna to be tough because I didn't rank Casey or Buffalo this week, and I can see like one of those two teams having a good defensive performance because there's like a pick six or something like that. Yeah, I was just about to say you get you give up thirty points, but you got a pick six. I just I don't want to take that chance with those teams. <laughs> no, because they,
2: you know, depending on your site, if you get the thirty five points or more given up, all of a sudden you're hitting negatives and it's big negatives.
1: Yeah, that's never any fun. All right, Jake Sealy, at all in Kid on the Twitter machine theathletic.com your rankings come out this evening they do i was just thinking in my mind of
2: waiting for when you tweet this with that wonderful clip from before you do love kids this we know (laughs)
1: love them kids Uh, halloween's uh. coming jake
2: (laughs) i'll be out with my nephew i won't be home
1: (laughs) next week see you then <laughs> see you next week all right guys yeah, if you guys want to play in the Draftkings listeners League the link is down in the description smash the like button to the episode sub to the channel sub to the podcast and if you want the rankings list themselves the updated versions obviously you can find those down in the description and up on dknation.com thank you all for watching I'm Pat Mayo I'll see you next time experience.
3: Experience. the headlines remind us daily.